Hi, I'm Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Hello, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Hope you're having a great summer still. Have I said that like 95 times? It's still summer. It's still June, actually. Not to discourage anybody, but it's still June. It's going to be fine. Whew, deep breaths, everybody. Am I the only one who's struggling to make it through the summer? Maybe so. I don't know. But if you're struggling to make it through the summer too, don't worry, you're not alone. I am here filling it with you. There's not a ton of Disney news this week, except for next week, starting on June 28th, you'll be able to make Oogie Boogie Bash reservations if you are a Magic Key holder. If you are not a Magic Key holder, you can start making your Oogie Boogie Bash reservations on June 30th. Now, I suggest that you do it as soon as you're able, because this event is going to be popular. It sold out last year. It's going to sell out again this year. They have added more party dates, but still, it's going to be a popular event. So if this is something that you want to do, you may as well grab your tickets as soon as they are available so you don't have to stress about it. Even though I am anticipating that getting tickets is going to be stressful. Disney just likes to do that to us. Last year, I found it highly stressful. I mean, even just thinking about it, I get a little bit of anxiety. You have to like get onto their website and then they put you in a waiting area and then they let you in and then they tell you there's like a countdown that you have an hour or more wait and you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait. Finally, it starts going down and then you're getting all stressed and I don't know. You, you keep hoping that the tickets are still going to be available for the date that you want to go. It's a lot. And I feel like there must be a better way, but somehow Disney doesn't do it any other way. So we just anticipate it and that's what's going to happen. So I'm gearing up for that June 28th to get tickets for Oogie Boogie Bash. If you need more information on Oogie Boogie Bash or you're wondering about Halloween time at Disneyland, I've got tons of information on my website that will help you decide if it's the right thing for you to do or if visiting at Halloween time is something that you want to do. All the information is on my website, so I will put a link to those two things, Oogie Boogie Bash and Halloween time at Disneyland, in the show notes. You may have seen this floating around online, but if you haven't, let me fill you in. Adventures by Disney has a new Disney Parks Around the World private jet adventure available to Disney fans, and this vacation sounds incredible. It's 24 days, you get 68 meals, and 31 sites are visited. So let me read you what it says. Embark on a bucket list adventure for 75 ultimate Disney fans. This dream vacation spans 24 days and covers six countries that includes all 12 uniquely magical Disney theme parks worldwide, as well as three iconic landmarks, the Taj Mahal, Pyramids of Giza, and the Eiffel Tower. Throughout the trip, you'll stay in world-class accommodations, including the rare opportunity to be a guest at Summit Skywalker Ranch. 
Plus, you'll travel in luxury via a VIP-configured Boeing 757 operated by Icelandic Air with long-range capabilities that allows for direct flights to maximize your time in each destination. You'll also enjoy access to experts and staff who provide fun and fact-filled stories, enabling you to be immersed in every location of your visit. It sounds amazing. So, it's this whirlwind trip around the world to all the Disney parks. You'll stay like at the very nicest places like the Disney's Grand California, Tokyo Disneyland Hotel, the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, the Disney's Grand Floridian. The nine locations that you stop at are Anaheim, San Francisco, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Agra, Cairo, Paris, and Orlando. You do have to be 12 to go, but they suggest 14 is a better minimum age. Then they have a list of like the tour trip highlights. You get to go to the Lucasfilm Campus Tour, Tokyo Disney Sea Experience, Walt Disney Studios Tour, Shanghai Disney Tour, Taj Mahal Tour, Pyramids of Giza and Sphinx Tour. You get to do the Kilimanjari Kilimanjari Kilimanjaro Safari with Animal Program Expert Tour and a bunch of other things. It seems amazing, of course. So with your private jet adventure, then you get three adventure guides, Disney VIPs, Imagineers, cultural experiences, and other surprise guests to come and talk to you about different things. Plus you have a private jet a flight crew, including a chef, three dedicated staff members, and a physician with you in case somebody gets sick. Um, Sounds amazing. It's only $110,000 for kids and adults. So if you're thinking about that, (laughs) might want to book early because you can only have 75 people going. Doesn't that sound amazing? I thought it sounded amazing until I saw the price tag. And then I was like, I don't know about that. But someday... Just kidding. I can't even imagine dropping that much money on something like that. Uh, For those people, though, I'm excited for them. I bet it's going to be amazing. For the rest of us, we can just keep on dreaming. Well, today I'm going to be talking about what to do if something goes wrong on your Disney vacation. Because let's face it, there's no such thing as a perfect vacation and something is going to go wrong. Maybe a ride's going to break down or you're going to have trouble with the weather or somebody's going to get hurt or sick or heaven forbid, you're going to lose one of your kids. We're going to talk about all of it, how you can handle that situation, and hear personal stories from people who have actually dealt with those situations. So I'm really excited about that. But first, I wanted to share a review that I got on my podcast that I really appreciated. You guys know how important reviews are to me and how much they mean. So let me share this one. This review is titled, Love! Exclamation point, exclamation point. It says, Oh, I should tell you who it's from. It's from Avengers Mom of Two. It says, Love this podcast. Melissa has such a lovely voice and provides so much valuable information. We're headed to Disneyland in a few weeks, and I feel better prepared for the trip thanks to mixing some magic. Thank you so much, Avengers Mom of Two. I really appreciate it. Oh, it just makes my day. I know I say this all the time, but your reviews 
and your ratings is how I grow. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you're so inclined, I would love it if you would subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss another episode and rate and send me a review. That would be amazing. You guys are the best. I'm starting to think maybe I need to do a little giveaway for people who do reviews. I did it once maybe last year and it was really fun. So maybe we need to do that again. Let's think about that. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we'll jump right into what to do when things go wrong on your Disney vacation. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mixin' Some Magic. If you're looking for a great hotel, let me recommend the Hojo Anaheim, the Howard Johnson. It's one of my very favorite places to stay because it's so close. It takes me seven or eight minutes to walk to Disneyland in the morning or walk home in the evening. And I love being within walking distance of the park. There's not many hotels that are truly within walking distance. A lot of them say they are, but you know, after you're 20 minutes in, you're like, this is not walking distance for the average person. But the Hojo's not like that. They're super close and convenient. And that's one of the things I love about them. Plus their beds are so comfortable. Their air conditioner is really great. It works so well. And you really value a cold AC when you're visiting Disneyland in the middle of the summer or the fall. Disneyland's so hot in the fall. If you're visiting in August, September, October, plan on it being hot. Anyway, I'm getting off track. I want to tell you about the Hojo. They've got a really fun pool, plus they have a fun little pirate-themed water park for your kids, so they're going to love it too. They are really close to breakfast options. There's a Panera and a McDonald's and a Mimi's Cafe all along the way to Disneyland. So you can grab breakfast, eat on your short walk over, and be there in no time. I have a code for you that's going to be really helpful and save you money because I love to save you money. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can save 20% if you're a magic key holder and 15% for everybody. So I've got a code for you to use and a link to click on so you can check out Howard Johnson. I'll put those in the show notes. Check them out. I know you're going to love them. All right, welcome back. Let's talk about what to do on your Disney vacation if something goes wrong. Because guess what? Something is going to go wrong. I talk about it all the time, but there really is no such thing as the perfect vacation. And I think sometimes we build it up in our minds and we know that it's going to be amazing and we spend all this money and we put all this work and planning and packing. I mean, it's all a bunch of work, right? To go on a big vacation like Disney and we invest so much of ourselves into the planning process and so much of our money and time that we want it to go perfectly. And then when it doesn't, we're pretty let down. 
which is unfortunate because I think that if we just take a moment and realize that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay, then we'd save ourselves a lot of stress and anxiety and disappointment. So let's start off by saying right off the bat that your vacation's not going to go perfect. Something's going to go wrong and that's okay. You're going to just take it in stride still have a good attitude and it's not going to ruin or derail your entire day or your entire vacation. And I think often those vacations where things go wrong are sometimes some of the best memories. Has that ever happened to you where you've had something go wrong and in the moment you're like, this is the worst. But then years later when you look back at it, it's so funny and everybody thinks it's hilarious. We've had that happen quite a bit in our family. And also, vacations with families are kind of like being pregnant sometimes. I think when you're in the moment, then it seems hard and challenging, at least for me when I was pregnant. But then when you're looking back at the whole experience, you're like, oh, that was kind of nice. I enjoyed that because you forget all of the hard parts and you just remember the good things. So being on vacation is kind of like being pregnant in that way. So during the hard moments, just remember, this isn't a terrible vacation. It's just a hard moment and you're going to get through it. But still, there's a few things that you can do to help you get through some of the hard moments. So we're going to talk about what you can do in certain situations if you run into them, which hopefully you don't. Maybe you are going to find the magical unicorn that is actually the perfect vacation. If you do, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. All right, one thing that people are always so disappointed about is when they find out about ride closures on their vacations or before they arrive. So right now, Pirates of the Caribbean is down, and I know some people are so disappointed by that, and it is. It's incredibly disappointing, especially if you don't visit very often, and then you find out that the ride that you've been so excited to go on is down for refurbishment. That is disappointing. I think it helps if you check the refurbishment schedule. I have one on my Instagram page that I share every month that talks about what rides are going to be down and when they open back up if we have a reopening date. And I think that softens the blow. If you can tell your kids, hey, we're so lucky we get to go to Disneyland. Unfortunately, Pirates of the Caribbean isn't going to be running That kind of like gives them time to get used to the idea instead of showing up thinking they're going to be able to ride it and then they can't. So I like to recommend checking the refurbishment calendar. Look on my Instagram. You'll be able to find it there. I'll put a link in the show notes. But checking that so that you know what to expect, which rides are going to be operational and which ones are down. If you're visiting during the peak season, most rides are up and running. If you're visiting during the off season, January and February, they do quite a few ride refurbishments during that time. So you can kind of expect something will be closed, especially if you're visiting in January or February. Now, what if you got on your favorite ride and then it breaks down? That's disappointing, but sometimes exciting. I've been evacuated off of Indiana Jones and Pinocchio, and what's the last one? Oh, Haunted Mansion. And it was really fun to get evacuated off of all of them just because they turn on the lights to the attraction and you get to see all kinds of things that you would never see otherwise. 
And, oh, I guess I did get evacuated off Rise of the Resistance, but it wasn't at a cool part. They just kind of like walked us out a back exit. We hadn't even made it to the ride vehicles yet. So that was kind of disappointing. If I was going to be evacuated off that ride, I'd rather it be like in a really cool place, but that's okay. Um, if you are evacuated off a ride, Disney will give you a little, um, they'll scan your app and add a multi-experience pass to it that you can then use to come back later in the day and ride it again, um, front of the line usually, or you can use it on a different attraction. So keep that in mind. They do try to compensate you a little bit, especially since sometimes when you're stuck on an attraction and have to be evacuated, you'll be there for a good 30 minutes or more before they can get you off. But sometimes it happens that rides just break down. I mean, I've been waiting in line for Rise of the Resistance before for about 30, 40 minutes, and then it broke down. That was disappointing because we just had to turn around, feel like we wasted all that time, exit the line without riding it. So that happens, I mean, I don't want to say often, but occasionally. And I think you just have to roll with it. You just have to know that that's part of visiting Disneyland and just have a good attitude. Don't dwell on it. Just move on, head to something else, and don't let it affect your day. All right, what do you do if one of your kids pees their pants? <laughs> this happens, I'm sure, to lots of people. Uh, even when you think your kid's potty trained and they're fine, I mean, when they're distracted at Disneyland or you're in a long line, accidents happen. This has never happened to me. I haven't had a kid pee their pants at Disneyland, but my friend Tia did. She told me that they didn't expect that to happen, so they weren't prepared. So her son had to wear his little sister's diaper and leggings until they could get him some different clothes of his own, which is so funny. Um, so if you think there's even a chance that your child might pee their pants, I would just bring a pair of clothes. Bring an extra pair of clothes along with you. They do sell underwear and pants and all of that in all of, you know, some of the Disney shops. Not all of them, but they do have them at Disneyland. But if you can avoid buying them, that'll save you some money. And then what do you do with the pee clothes? You just like find a bag and put them in them and hide them in your stroller, I guess. Oh, that's so funny. Um, my I never had a kid pee their pants at Disneyland, but my youngest was terrified of automatic flushing toilets when she was probably like three, maybe two. And she was just terrified of them. Going to the bathroom was so stressful for her because inevitably it would flush while she was sitting on the toilet, which would throw her into a panic. And so she would fight me on going to the bathroom because she said she didn't need to when I obviously knew that she did. I knew that she just didn't want to deal with the automatic flushing toilet. So I would have to go in with her hold my hand over the sensor so that it wouldn't flush while she's trying to go to the bathroom, clinging to my legs, terrified. And then once she was off the toilet, I could move my hand. It was a super awkward position for me. You kind of have to like squat down a little low, but oh, I was so glad when she, she got over that fear because <laughs> it was rough, but she never did pee her pants at Disneyland. What if something goes wrong with the weather? Like nobody has control over the weather. 
what if something goes wrong? I'm talking like extreme heat, which I think is easier to deal with than an unexpected rainstorm. Because I mean, if you're hot, you're just hot. You know, like maybe you could bring things like cooling fans or cooling towels or um, I like to bring a little pocket umbrella to keep the sun off of me. But you can do things to deal with the situation if you arrive and it's really, really hot. You can take a midday break or hang out in Pirates of the Caribbean, things like that. Go on Splash Mountain, Grizzly River Run, things like that. But if you are caught in an unexpected rainstorm, that can be tough to deal with. I remember a few years ago, maybe it was 2019, I think there was a huge rainstorm at Disneyland and I wasn't there at the time, but I had some neighbors who were and everybody was soaked. I remember seeing pictures and videos and I'm not talking like a little wet. People were soaked. They were sloshing through water up to their ankles, soaked. So just picture all of Main Street flooded with like, you know, four inches of water. That's what they were dealing with. So people were so unprepared and they were miserable and I think that ruined quite a few vacations. I think it lasted like a two or three days. But my neighbors were prepared and had been checking the weather and were a little concerned. So they bought some rain suits and like they brought their waterproof snow boots from Utah and they had a great time because their feet were dry and they were dry in their rain suits. And so they were able to have a great time and not let the weather get them down where other people, if you just have a dollar store poncho, that's really not going to cut it when there's, you know, torrential downpours and flooding. So I think that if something like that happens and you're not prepared, you're just going to have to take that in stride and head back to your hotel and wait it out and hope for the best. Hope that it clears up or better yet, be prepared and keep an eye on the weather leading up to your trip. So if you think there might be a chance of rain, then you're prepared. I bought these little waterproof shoe coverings that go over tennis shoes. They're these little rubber coverings slip right on over tennis shoes so that your tennis shoes stay dry in situations like that. I got them on Amazon. They're pretty handy. Oh, maybe I'll find a link for you. I will. I'll be nice. I'll find a link for you. I'll put it in the show notes, but you can check those out, but just be prepared. Keep an idea, an idea, an eye. Keep an eye on the weather so that you know what to expect and then you don't have to deal with the disappointment of what if something goes wrong with the weather while you're at Disneyland. A couple years ago, we were at Disney World with our family and I had ordered dinner for everybody using the mobile app. Now, when you have six people in your family ordering dinner, I mean, I know the mobile app is incredibly convenient, but it can be kind of a long process. So I like, I'm trying to figure out what everybody wants and I tell everybody what the options are. And inevitably, someone's not listening. So when I go to them and say, what do you want to add it to the order? They're like, what do they have? I wasn't listening. So then you read the whole thing again, figure out what everybody wants, and got it all ordered. And feeding a family of six is expensive. We were visiting a quick service restaurant, but it was still expensive. I think it was around $110 that I spent. So we got our order placed while we were in line for Space Mountain 
Then we were going to head to space after Space Mountain, go right over to the restaurant, pick up our food and eat. So we got off of Space Mountain and I go into the app. I open it up to push. I'm here. Prepare my order while we're walking over and it's not there. There's no button. I look through the mobile order history. It shows nothing. It shows that I haven't ordered anything. And I look at um, my email. I don't have a little reservation number, but my husband checks the bank, the bank um, app. And he's like, yeah, well, they charged us for this food, but it's nowhere to be found. And I was so stressed because it had taken me so long to order it. And then they charged us over a hundred dollars and they don't have my order there. Plus we're hungry. That doesn't help. And hot because my goodness, it was in October in Florida. Oh, it's really hot in October in Florida. But anyway, I was a little frazzled and I wasn't sure how I was going to, what we were going to do to handle the situation. So I go up to the cast member at the front and I say, I mobile ordered. I don't have it on here. He looks at his little iPad and he's like, I don't have your order. And I'm like, but they charged our bank for it. It's not here. Um, but we were charged for it. And he's like, well, go inside and talk to this other lady. So I go inside this other cast members there and she has a name tag that says Melissa. And she said, what's your name? And I said, Melissa. And she was so sweet. She put her arm around me and she's like, my name's Melissa too. And she said, don't worry about this. We're going to get it figured out. I was like, oh, bless her. Like it just felt so good to know that somebody was like willing to help me. And anyway, she did some magic, looked it up, found our order, which somehow didn't go through the normal way. I don't know what happened, but she found it. She pulled it up, got us all our food, got us seated at a table, and we were good to go, happy as can be. But I appreciated so much that she was willing to help me instead of just saying, you don't have a mobile order, it's not on here, and, and brushing me off. But I have always had really great experiences with the cast members, and I feel like every time I've had an issue, big or small, and I've gone to talk to somebody, and I've done it in a nice way then they've always been really willing to help me. So I think that's a good lesson is if you have a problem, go and talk to a cast member, whether it's a cast member that's at the attraction that you've had a problem on or the restaurant that you've had some trouble with, or maybe you need to go talk to the cast members over at City Hall about your problem. Whatever it is, go and chat with a cast member about it. See if they can help you solve the problem, but I do think you need to do it in a really nice way. Don't come at them frustrated. Don't come at them angry. They didn't cause your problem. So go at them in a kind, nice way and they will reciprocate it back. You get what you give. So if you talk to them in a nice way, they're going to talk back to you in a nice way and they are much more willing to help you and often bend over backwards to help you if you are being kind and polite. I always tell my kids, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar and they don't understand what it means. I explain it to them all the time. They're like, why do we want to catch flies? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just a saying. It's a saying, but you do. You get more with honey instead of vinegar. So you're going to get more if you're nice and sweet instead of being mean and angry. Okay, what if you get hurt 
at Disneyland or one of your kids gets hurt, what can you do? Someone told me a story and I can't even remember who it was, but their dad had bought like a frozen Mickey ice cream bar and they pack it in dry ice and they are really cold and frozen and he bit into it and he broke his tooth right there at Disneyland. And so he had to leave and go to the dentist to have it fixed. He had to leave the park, go find a dentist and go have an emergency little dental appointment, which is so terrible. So, but in a situation like that, like what else can you do? That's really your only option. But if you, you or your child gets hurt, then hopefully it's not serious. (laughs) Hopefully it's not serious enough that you have to leave the park. But they do have a first aid center where you can go. There's a nurse in there and they can help you take care of little problems. If you, you know, your kid got blisters on his foot, then you can go in and get some band-aids if you don't have them with you. I always have band-aids. So if you see me and need a band-aid, I got you covered. But they also have um, medications in there and they have Advil and Tylenol and all that kind of stuff. But they can help you out with little medical problems like that. Like if you have chafing, you can go in. They have chafing cream there. If you're having an allergy attack, you can go in. They can take care of you. They are really helpful usually, although my cousin Mandy did run into... A situation where she didn't feel like they were very helpful when she needed help at Disneyland because she got injured. So what happened to her, she was getting off Pirates of the Caribbean and she reached out to grab the little handrail that you grab when you're climbing off and somehow there was some wood there and she jabbed a huge splinter, not like a little splinter, like a huge splinter all the way under her fingernail. And it went like almost all the way down her whole fingernail down the side. And it was this huge wood splinter and it was really painful for her. I wasn't there at the time. I was on my way. So she was at Disneyland without me, but um, she decided to go over to the first aid center and see what they could do she was hoping that they would have a pair of tweezers. So she went over there. They gave her a pair of round tweezers and they weren't helpful at all. She couldn't grip it, couldn't get it out. And so she asked for some needle nose pliers and they found some for her. And the whole time she felt like they were just kind of like annoyed that she was there. Like, oh, you're taking up our time. This is so annoying you with your splinter. So she got some nasal nose pliers, was able to dig out part of it, um, but took a break because she was bleeding everywhere, washed her hands to get rid of the blood. While she was washing her hands, I guess one of the cast members took the pliers away. The pliers. That's what they're called? Tweezers. Have I been calling them needle nose pliers? (laughs) They're needle nose tweezers. If I said pliers, I apologize. Needle nose? Is that what they are? You know, the pointy ones. Is that what they're called? I don't know. They're the ones with the really thin pointy edges that you can grab stuff with better. What are those called? Needle nose tweezers? That's what I'm going with. Anyway, cast member took them away. Mandy asked where they were because she said, I still have the splinter in my finger. The cast member's like, oh, we only have one pair and I've already put them in that little thing where they drop them in and then they 
have to clean them before they can be used again. So they couldn't, she couldn't get them back. So Mandy had to just deal with this sliver in her finger and it ended up working itself out. But I think it took a couple weeks and it was really painful and swollen. And she was kind of disappointed by the cast members there. She just thought there would be a little more helpful and a little more caring, but that's not what she got. So hopefully that's not your situation if you go to visit the first aid station. Hopefully they are a little more attentive than they were to Mandy. Now what happens if you get sick? I mean, this is my biggest fear when I'm planning any type of vacation is what if somebody gets sick? What if we show up and we get the stomach flu or something else and then everybody's sick and we're in this hotel room. We can't go home because someone's sick, but we can't go visit the parks because someone's sick. That's my worst fear. Um, And that actually happened to a lady who sent me a DM. She said that her whole family or all of her kids got the stomach flu right as they got to Disney World and it really kind of messed with their vacation. So this is from Laura and she said that it certainly wasn't the trip that they had planned. She said, we were staying at Bay Lake Towers and Disney was fantastic about the whole situation. They sent up crackers and Gatorade and help us to move out fast pass bookings, tried to move reservations where possible, and they even called my husband's cell one day to check up on how we were doing. Not that anyone wants to be sick at Disney, but we were well taken care of. So I thought that was really great. The Disney made an effort to make sure that they were okay, even in that tough situation. But still, that is so disappointing to be sick at Disneyland. I don't know how you avoid that though, or on any vacation really. You just have to hope and pray for the best. My friend Tia was telling me that she was sick at Disneyland because she was newly pregnant and it was hot and they were visiting and she was so miserable being newly pregnant and she went into the first aid center and just laid down on a cot and took a little break from the heat, took a nap, and it really helped her feel better. So there's lots of reasons that you can visit the first aid center. So don't think it's just you have to be bleeding or something like that to go. If you're not feeling well and you think they might be able to do something for you, stop by, check them out. Now my friend Rachel, who visited Disneyland with me a couple months ago, the one who hates Disneyland but really loves it but pretends like she hates it, that Rachel. She um, had an experience where she had to go to the first aid center with one of her little kids. So I called her and asked if she would share that with us. So here's Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Melissa. Thanks for coming (laughs) on the podcast again. Anytime. Um, today I'm talking all about what to do when things go wrong at Disneyland. And I remember something went wrong for you and you have a great story I wanted you to share. I do have a great story. Um, well, I guess, yes, it is a great story. Um, so we went to Disneyland, just our family. And it was when my youngest was three and, uh, we have a, another kid with asthma, so we own a nebulizer, and I brought it just in case we needed it. And it turns out the day after we got to California, um, my youngest started getting croup. He got really sick. And 
so I, in our stroller for Disneyland, I did slide the nebulizer in just in case we needed it that day. And as the day went on, he, he was starting to kind of have a harder time breathing. So I thought, oh, he probably just needs a little treatment. Um, and I can do that while the older kids go on a ride with my husband. So I was looking for a plug. And you know how hard to find hard it is to find an outlet at Disneyland. And I didn't Mm -hmm. want to sit in the bathroom and do his um, medical treatment. Yeah, that's (laughs) gross. There are a couple in the bathroom entryways, but that's a weird place to sit and do that. Yeah. And so um, I thought to myself, a a cast member will know where an outlet is, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. So I walked up to, there were these two cast members um, walking down the middle of the thing. And so I walked up to one and I said, hey, where is the closest outlet? I need to plug in my nebulizer. And I should not have been that specific. (laughs) (laughs) Because the one guy taps his, the buddy on his shoulder and said, hey, she needs a de- defibrillator. Where is the closest one? And he said, all of the restaurants have defibrillators. And I said, no. <laughs> That's not what I need. <laughs> That's not what I need. Also, if I came up to you and asked for a defibrillator, you better be running because that means it's a, a cardiac event, like man down. You know, yeah. this is a serious event. <laughs> this isn't tap your friend on the shoulder situation. <laughs> Could to need a little more hustle. Yeah. Anyway, I said, thank you, but it's fine. I'll figure it out. (laughs) And um, yeah, the mother's room actually had a couple of outlets. So I went over to the mother's room at Disneyland for that. Well, good to know. So you need an outlet. The mother's room is the place to go. Yeah. Well, if you you have a medical, Yeah. yeah, for your medical treatments. Yes. You can head on in there. Um, also don't ask a cast member. They don't, they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even know what a nebulizer is. They would, Uh -uh. now they would probably send you over to galaxy's edge. They're like, that sounds like a star Wars term, ma'am. That doesn't sound like something from, yeah, fantasy land. You're going to have to head over. (laughs) Yeah. That's too funny. Well, were they helpful at the baby care center? yes oh yes they are so sweet in there and I've actually um my youngest again when he we went we took him to Disneyland when he was three months old which again I do not recommend um it was like a big family reunion situation so that's why we took him um and I needed to nurse him and so yes I have been in there that room before and it's the cutest little place you can go in there you can buy diapers you can buy baby formula you can buy um baby food you can sit in there and they have little nursing pods it's it's a fun little room that's perfect well it's nice they have some place for moms is it just a mother's room or do they let dads go in there too it's just a baby care center right? yeah i think it's just a baby care center anybody can go in you should be able to yeah and and maybe it was called mother's room what he's like almost 10 now so i think I that you might have used Maybe they did call it Mother's Room, but I think now it's just the baby care center and anyone can go in with their child. Yeah. Yep. Um, It is a little tricky to find, but the cast members do know where that is. So you can (laughs) ask for that. (laughs) And they do know where defibrillators are. 
too. Every restaurant turns Every out. Every restaurant. Open. Yep. So that's an issue. You know where to go now. <laughs> and then the next day we went over to California Adventure and I just, I just said, I'm not even going to deal with asking anybody. So I just found their first aid station and um, they have the cute, they have a nurse and they might have a doctor too. For sure they have a nurse and that's where the paramedics hang out for like actual medical emergencies. Yeah. Um, and so I went in there and the cute nurse took his little temperature and he had a tiny little fever. Um, this was way back before COVID was a problem. <laughs> he probably would have been kicked out at that point. Yeah. Now, but this was like six years ago. Nobody cared. And they gave him some Tylenol. They were so cute. And they gave him like a little, there was a nurse mini sticker. And she said, this is the only place in either park where you can get this sticker. And um, cute. yeah, they let me give him a little treatment there. And they were so cute. Um, also, they do have cots over there in that first aid station at the California Adventure. And you can go take a nap. Anybody can just go take a nap. That is a good tip. Yeah. So Just if you want to know, I'm feeling a little, little tired, need to lay down. Yeah. There you go. The first aid station at California Adventure. You can have a nap. Good to know. It's <laughs> going to be overrun eventually if we keep telling people that. There'll <laughs> be oh. a line to take a nap. <laughs> Edit that part out then. <laughs> that might be like a good line to wait in. People might be like, I'll wait hey, for a nap. I'll wait for a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will wait in that line. <laughs> no, you schedule it in the day. That's what you do. You just have an hour. You schedule it like you do your uh, lightning lanes. Yeah, good idea. You're Genie Plus. Yep. You book your nap. So smart. Yeah, I'm doing it. Is it on the crinkly paper, though? I don't want to sleep on the crinkle paper. You know, I didn't go in mm-hmm. to the nap section. I just saw it through a doorway, so I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it's a sheet. <laughs> well, you can try it out next time and let us yeah. know. <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Well, that's the other thing. Like if you're if you have a cranky toddler or you're you yourself are very cranky, like go give yourself a nap. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. No. It's a hundred dollar <laughs> nap, but hey, might be worth it to some people. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's go to Disneyland soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Lots of good information for Rachel. Now, I was thinking about what could be like the worst thing that could go wrong at Disneyland. And to me, I think that if you lost your child, that's probably the worst thing that could go wrong. I mean, barring like some catastrophic event like death or something like that. I'm not talking about that, but like the things that happen to most people, what would be the worst? I think losing your child. Now I've sort of lost a child at Disneyland. My oldest, when he was three, we were visiting for the first time and there was a little bit of confusion about who was watching him. I thought my mother-in-law was watching him. She didn't realize I thought that and I walked away while we were standing near Dumbo. And then when I came back to the group, he was not there. And luckily, he was just a few feet away watching the Dumbo ride. He didn't realize that he was lost. I just had like a maybe like a 30 seconds of panic where I didn't know where he was. And it was no big deal. I just walked up to him 
and he looked at me and smiled. He didn't even realize that anything had happened that I was scared or nervous at all. So I don't know that that really counts. Um, but my sister has lost two children at Disneyland on the same trip. Just recently, she lost her twins. Not on the same day, but on different days. And one of them, her daughter was lost for quite a significant amount of time. So I asked her to come on the podcast and share her story with us about what happened and what to do if you do lose your child while you're visiting Disney. So this is my sister, Ashley. Well, I've got my sister, Ashley, here joining me to tell us about her experience at Disneyland when she lost her twins. So this is Ashley. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for sharing your story. She said, you want me to come on and relive the most traumatic moment of my life? I said, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you visited just like, when was it? A couple months ago, right? Yeah, it was, well, it was back in November. So just recently, and Ashley has four kids. The youngest two are twins. They were four in November, right? Yeah. And then she lost both of them, but not at the same time. <laughs> yeah, not, not at the same time. In my defense, I do feel like neither was my fault, but you know. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we um we lost my little boy Chase um just for about 10 minutes, which was still really really scary, but not as bad as losing my, the other twin Emma. Hers was a little bit more traumatic, but Chase was we were in Toontown and we were watching Pluto do some, you know, do some stuff, waving at him, all this stuff and we kind of you know, we were with a pretty large group. We were with some friends and all their kids. And so then we kind of moved on and, um, he, I guess kind of lingered. And so I guess maybe that was my fault. Um, anyway, <laughs> he kind of, he kind of lingered, um, a little bit. He was, he, he was kind of pretty clueless the whole trip, you know, just kind of like in his own little world. So we were all kind of having to watch out for him, but I guess in that instance, we didn't. So anyway, we kind of moved on and he thought, you know, he kind of stayed there and turned around and we were gone. And anyway, so he ran off and we realized he was gone. And so we all, you know, kind of in a panic started looking for him. Um, one of my friends took all the other kids and, and the other three adults started looking for him. And anyway, uh, my husband ran out of Toontown and after we had searched Toontown, um, and he ran out to see if he left. And then there was a security person that said, Hey, are you looking for a little boy? You know, cause my husband looked kind of frantic and he said, Oh yes. You know? And he said, can you just tell me what he was wearing? And he said, yeah, he's wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And so he said, okay, I've got him right over here. And then we were reconnected with him. So that was, you know, I mean, I think it was probably about five to 10 minutes, which is a long time when it's your kid. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time. And was he upset? Uh, yeah, he was. He was a little upset. He kind of stayed, you know, by me for the next thirty minutes. I was kind of hoping it would have traumatized him to the point where he would have really tried to stay by me, but it didn't. So <laughs> he he was fine about thirty minutes later. But our friends kept calling him Mister Dudut Dudut the whole time because he was kind of just looking around, going doot doot doot, you know. <laughs> everywhere and so he was kind of being oblivious the whole time but he's four so anyway he really hasn't mentioned it again though so I don't think it was quite as traumatic as 
losing Emma, my other one, which happened the next day. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't on the same day. Yes, that's true. At least it wasn't on the same day. Uh, oh, well, tell us what happened with Emma. Okay, so with Emma, we, um, some of us had gone, we were in um, Avenger Campus, and some of us had gone on Guardians of the Galaxy, but Chase, my four-year-old, did not want to go on it. He had already gone on it and decided once was enough. So my husband took him over to the Spider-Man ride to see if they could hurry and get on there. And so we said, okay, we'll meet you over there. Maybe we can, you know, get in line with you, depending on where you are. So we went on Guardians and then went went over to the Spider-Man ride. And we were, I was on the phone with him, you know, kind of talking to him about where in line he was, seeing if we could jump in line. Um, I was glancing around to make sure I had all my kids with me. (laughs) Um, And Emma, the other four-year-old, was kind of spinning near me, you know, spinning, um, kind of just dancing around, that kind of thing. And... I think she got disoriented because she all of a sudden thought we left her. I I guess this was her story later, but she all of a sudden thought we left her. So she took off running just thinking we left. And so then we kind of looked down and where's Emma? She's not there. Um, So anyway, we kind of started me and, uh, you know, and one of the other grown-ups started looking for her while the other grown-ups stayed with all the kids and, we kind of frantically started looking for her and we looked for a little while and could not see her anywhere. And by this point it was getting kind of, I was getting a little more nervous. And so I went and told one of the uh, workers there that I had lost my daughter, couldn't find her. Um, So she radioed it into the head security people, I guess is what Mm -hmm. they're called. I'm, I'm not sure. So she radioed it in to the head security person and said, go wait by Spider-Man. The security guard's going to come talk to you. So anyway, we waited there until the security guard came and found us and got all my information, had me send a picture um, so that they could send it out to all the other security officers there and told us to just wait right there. Um, They would find her um, and that, you know, that they had everybody on high alert, all the workers, you know, they were all looking for her, keeping their eye out. And so the best thing we could do was just to wait there. Um, At one point they thought that they found her and they told me they found her and I was so relieved. Um, But then a couple, they said, we'll go get her and bring her to you. But then a couple of minutes later they came back and they said, Oh, that it's not her. Oh no. (laughs) And at that point I just kind of burst into tears (laughs) and I was just bawling. And, you know, by this time, I mean, it had been about 30 minutes. Well, and to just stand there and have to let somebody else be in charge of finding her when you're frantic, I bet was really hard. Yes, it was. I was standing there crying, frantic. They told me not to go anywhere because they needed me in case they found her. So don't move. And So I was crying and, you know, freaking out. The other kids are starting to pick up on my emotions and start to, you know, really freak out that we can't find Emma. And anyway, um, but yeah, eventually they radioed in. They said they had found her and she had wandered all the way over into Cars Land. They found her in Cars Land. Oh, that's So so far. That's, you know, near Avengers Campus. But when you're four, that's pretty far. 
So anyway, they found her and they took her to the lost child's room. So they had the security um, officer escort me to the lost child's room where I found her. And she was sitting there talking to a woman, caseworker. I'm not sure um, exactly what her title was, but she was sitting there and then just jumped in my arms when I got there and we hugged and we were both crying and, you know, she was upset. I was upset. Um, and you know, they had me give some information to verify, you know, that I was really her mom. They didn't want to just give her to anybody, even though it was obvious that she knew me. Uh, they had me show a picture of her, you know, from that day, you know, we're us together, you know? Yeah. From your phone. Right. Before they'd let her officially leave, they wanted to see a picture of us together just to, you know, show them anyway. So then I took her and she, yeah, it was really hard. She was really, um, clingy the rest of the time. And, you know, it was, it was pretty traumatic for both of us. Yeah. It sounds like it. So how long was she lost in total? Do you think it was about 35 minutes? That's so long. So it was a really long time. And I had asked her later. I mean, my, so Emma has, as you know, she has bright red hair, just very, very vibrant red hair. And I have very, very dark hair. Um, but I do kind of have some reddish highlights in my hair. They are very subtle, very <laughs> yeah. subtle reddish highlights. Very, very Maybe if the yeah. sun hits it just right, you would think, oh, there's some red highlights. Right, right. So you would think, yeah, right. It, it's not, it's very subtle. Anyway, so a- after I asked her what happened and she said, she said, well, somebody, a grown up came and found me and they said, what does your mom look like? And I told them that you had red hair. <laughs> I was like, oh, and everybody's probably thinking red hair like you because she has bright red hair. Um, she said, and then I told them that I couldn't remember the name of the color of your shirt. Cause I kind of had like a mauve shirt on. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> okay, so these people are looking for somebody with a weird colored shirt that has red hair. So yeah, with bright red hair, very the opposite of my description. So that didn't help. And then she said that they took her to another grown up who took her to another grown up who took her to another grown up and they took her to a room. So that was hers. And then she kept asking me why we got on the ride without her. So she thought, I think, like I said, I thought she, I think she got disoriented because as she was looking around frantically, I mean, you know, she just, she thought we left and we didn't move, but she thought we did. And so she took off running to find us, even though we didn't move. So anyway, it was really sad. And she, it was really, it was really sad and traumatic and it was so so awful that was just luckily it was our last day at Disney yeah that's good I guess (laughs) way to go out with a bang I know we had been there for five days and so you know it probably would have been harder if it was the beginning of the trip yeah (laughs) especially with her yeah so did you think that Disney did a good job handling it yes I I really appreciated the way they handled it I thought it was I mean, if I would have known how well they handled the lost child situation, I would have just went to them to start with instead of, you know, going around for 10 minutes by myself, wandering around this very crowded park. Right. You know, looking for not knowing which way she went or anything. So I would have done that at the very beginning, because when you have that many people, you know, looking for her, who have a picture of her, who are looking for her, then you know, it, it, we might've found her a lot faster. 
than me just wandering around looking for myself. Um, They kept assuring me we don't lose kids. We don't lose kids here. You know, they, we will find her, you know, (laughs) so they they kept assuring me of that, but it was, um, and then they, you know, they told me, they said you, it's a really good idea to put your phone number on your kids, which I had thought about, but I didn't do it. So I would strongly recommend putting your phone number on your children. Right. That's a good idea. And I've seen like Amazon will sell little like temporary tattoos. Yes. You can do your phone number, but that always seemed like a lot of work. So when my kids were little, I would just write it with a Sharpie yeah, kind of up higher that their t-shirt covered it. But if they needed to show somebody, right. then it would be right there. Right. And I, I wish so, I wish so bad I would have done that. Cause it, you know, they could have just, the first person who found her could have just called my cell phone and then I would have been able to go get her and, you know, maybe it would have been less traumatic for all of us. So I highly recommend putting your phone number on children who may wander off. (laughs) Right. And it's always a good idea to tell your kids what to do if they get lost. But I think sometimes they're so panicked, they just forget completely. Right. And I feel like what they also told me now, I mean, is that they, what, what they, what we were told to do when we were little, which is kind of, you know, stay in one place and wait for me to find you that they're not really recommending that anymore. Oh, really? Why not? Yeah. Because I mean, they want you to look for a person in uniform. They said, I mean, this is at Disney, but this is also anywhere, you know, because they, um, I actually was talking to a specialist about this and, you know, like lost children and stuff, and you know, a police officer, ex-police officer. Anyway, they were saying that they, you know, say to look for a person in uniform um, and ask them for help because when kids are standing there one place crying, they are more of a target. Yeah, that makes sense. For anybody looking for a helpless child. I mean, you know, that sounds awful. And hopefully there's nobody looking for a helpless child at Disneyland. But, you know, so they said, have them look for a person in uniform. So that was good to know. I didn't, I didn't know that the whole stay in one spot and don't move till I come find you thing was not really a thing they recommend anymore. So Hmm, that's interesting because we used to tell our kids just move to the side and hang on to a railing because there's railings all over Mm -hmm. stand right there and we'll come and find you but um and I think you don't have to worry about that as much at Disney right I mean somebody taking your child to get out of the park with your child but still if they can find a cast member which they are everywhere every feet yes there's people there if they can go to them and tell them they're lost then that's probably the better way to go Yes, exactly. And I should have ingrained that in their brains. And I, I did ingrain the whole stay in one spot and wait for me thing, which she did not do. Yeah, neither so. of them did. <laughs> no, neither of them did that. And we had talked about that extensively, but neither of them do it. But, you know, it's hard to remember when you're four and you panic and you run away. Yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely my most traumatic thing that ever happened at Disneyland. Well, that's a big thing, but luckily it all worked out and you've got Emma and she. I do. I have both of my kids as only a sister would point out. I have four and I lost half of them. (laughs) I just thought that I should point it out to you. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it is, I know, bad, bad mom moment. (laughs) At least it wasn't at the same time. So when you told me, I'm like, so you lost half your kids. While you were there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really bad. 
(laughs) (laughs) But it's still a happy place. They still want to go back. You know, they're, they still, still really like it, but yeah. Good. There well, I'm some scary things happen at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time they'll probably stick closer. Yes, I hope so. I hope they learned their lesson to, <laughs> to watch for me because I'm not watching for them. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I do. Well, thank- I, I am a good mom, I think. I hope. You are. Of course you are. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming and talking to us. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Talk- All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Oh my gosh, that's so stressful, losing your kid at Disneyland. But she did have some tips I hadn't even thought of before. So hopefully you learned something about what to do if you do, heaven forbid, lose your child at Disneyland. Well, that is all I have for you today. Hopefully you have some ideas on what to do when things go wrong at Disneyland. But I think overall, the very best thing you can do in most situations is to just roll with the punches, be flexible, and have a good attitude. And I think that will get you through just about every situation. Maybe not the losing your child situation, but it it couldn't help, you know? I mean, it couldn't help. (laughs) It couldn't hurt. Oh, it couldn't hurt. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Oh, you guys are the best. Thanks so much for being here. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.